Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, welcome back to the program. It is the summer edition. It's four minutes past seven o'clock here in New South Wales. If you're still listening up there in Queensland, four minutes past six. Now, Steve in Brisbane, indeed, anyone, give us a tip for today. That'd be great. I'll have a tip, a racing tip for tomorrow at uh, Rose Hill. Yeah, a little bit later on in the program as well. You wouldn't happen to be your horse, would it? No, it's not. It's not? No, it's not. Yeah. I don't take tips from owners. No, fair enough too. Nothing improves a horse like ownership, right? <laughs> so, um, although I did have a mate who, do I reveal who it is? Yeah, no, it's a, a mate who works with your Bulldogs, actually, which we'll get okay. to the Bulldogs um, very shortly. Uh, big hour coming up. We're going to have Anthony Minicello uh, just after 7.30. But, uh, yeah, and he's, he, he got this, I won't give the exact figure that he got it for, but a steal, right? Mm. This, and this horse has already run about $80,000 on on course, wow. including running a Good very, investment. a great, very, very valiant second in the highway last week. And I'm, and he's talking about it this week. Oh yeah, we might do this. I'm like, mate, do you realize how fortunate you are? This never, ever. Some people get lucky. Like, don't it they? never happens, mate. Yeah. It never happens, but you've done it. So fair play to you too. So that it's not that horse either. So it's a legitimate tip that you can put your hard earned on. Remember all care, no responsibility. We'll, <laughs> we'll speak to Hammy Goodman from Sportsbet. I think he's got a similar theme um, a little bit later on in the program as well. Uh, Australia wrapped up the T20 series. Comprehensive victory over Pakistan at Hobart's Blundstone Arena. Pakistan, bit disappointing this tour, got to be said. Well, I think if we marvel at all the, uh, the Australian sports teams, the next two that I'm going to mention are clear leaders in their field. So the Australian women's cricket side, Restricted Pakistan, 7 for 96. They did it with twelve in 12.4 overs with eight wickets in hand. So they did it very comfortably. Admittedly, okay, they're not the strongest side in the world, but they haven't come close, Pakistan, in these games that they've played. Uh, it, basically, it, for Australia, everyone had a bowl. Mm. Like, it was like the under-10s. Everyone's going to have a bowl. Uh, and then they did it, as I said, two down. Uh, Beth Mooney, 46 off 29. Uh, slogged them everywhere. Meg Lanning, 31 off 32. So Talia McGar and Ash Gardner uh, brought it home in that game. Uh, and then the other one that I wanted to make mention of was that the Australian women's netball team has underlined their status as favourites for the Netball World Cup after defeating New Zealand in the Quad Series final, 56 to 50. Guess what? Haven't been beaten in 13 months. It's not bad. It's not bad, not is bad it? Not bad at all. So there you go. Missile said he's an athlete. Shouldn't that read... Former athlete, says 708. Mm, not dead. <laughs> Check his Instagram feed we, out. Uh, they say about Olympians, uh, you're never a former Olympian. Once you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian for Is life. Is that right? Yeah. Is there a difference, though? Like, it's so often you hear it if, if someone's gone to their second Olympics and mm. they'll, they'll say, my first Olympics, I was really happy to compete. My second Olympics, I wanted to win. Hmm. Yeah, I guess some sports. Uh, I think, you know, my experience as a, as a swimmer in Australia, as soon as you represent Australia on that swim team, there's an expectation 
of success. Yep. Uh, regardless of whether it's your first or your fourth Olympics. Uh, when we go to the Olympics as a swim team, we expect medals. So, so does this then go back to what we were talking about earlier with the tennis players and expectations and, and, and then having the resilience to live up to that? Yeah, big time, big time. Um, I think, and similarly to, to tennis, it happens from a young age in swimming. Yep. Um, talented swimmers are identified very young and, you know, have pretty intense teenage years training and competing yeah. and traveling. So it's, it's not too dissimilar in that way. We're going to speak to Dominique Dutoy after 8.30. She's part of the Australian women's sevens team. They're all conquering at the moment. I know they got knocked out in the semifinals last week over there in New Zealand uh, by the USA, but their previous 12 months has been a very, very strong one. Uh, it was interesting to read about Charlotte Caslick. So do you know who Charlotte yep. Caslick is? Right. Yep. Superstar. Yep. Gold medal winner from Rio. Devastated to miss out in Tokyo in in yep. 2021, but has basically come out and, you know, has been at the forefront. She came and played a couple of games in the NRLW. Yeah, in that star. COVID period. Yeah. Star, yep. right? Out yep. and out star. She, she said openly, and this goes to the mindset we were talking about, she said openly, I want to be the greatest rugby uh, sevens player for women ever. I want to be regarded as that. And She'd to, be close already, wouldn't she? It, well, she said to do that, I need the second gold. Okay. So that's, and you go, wow. Yeah. Talk about putting it out there. Yeah. Um, so we Good. might manifest. Absolutely. All that manifest. Uh, manifesting uh, a lot is Rory McIlroy. He's a four-time <laughs> winner, I think, but he doesn't like Patrick Reed. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't. So mm. Patrick, I don't know whether you saw this, but Crash Craddock writes an article today. The vision's been going around. It's like, it's the equivalent of, I don't know what the NFL equivalent is where you have a a, a, a fight or what, what happens, you know, from the NRL point of view or whatever. But Patrick Reed tried to shake hands with Rory McIlroy. This of course is PGA Tour versus Live, Live. Golf. Yep. Uh, and he didn't want to shake hands with him. So he flicked a tee at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to hurt anyone, right? Yeah, yeah. But apparently, you know, in the world of golf, that's, oh, my God. You might as well, you know, taking the seven iron to the car, uh, you know, here in uh, Nordengren style. But um, that's what he did. So there's a bit of a, a standoff in this one. A lot of people are unhappy with Rory McIlroy. He's stuck with the tradition and has been very well compensated for doing so. And then there's the other guys who have gone to live golf and have been incredibly compensated mm. based on what they're going to do over the next few years. What's your, your thoughts on that? And what's your thoughts overall PGA versus live golf? Do you have, cause I know Julian King is very anti live golf. Me, I'm like, no, you've got to challenge the status quo. Yeah, I'm and, pro, I'm pro yeah. live and I love this stuff. Yes. Yeah. I love this stuff. It's great for sport. Like good entertainment, two big personalities. Yep who clearly don't like each other and aren't shying away from it on the public stage. They could do a fake handshake and, you yeah. know, play up for the cameras, but Rory's a big enough personality, obviously very big egos at play, but it's what makes sport interesting. If sport was just all niceties and playing up for the camera, it's, it's a very bland vanilla world. So I love that stuff. Play third grade cricket. There's no niceties there, you know, like (laughs) that's competitive. So you multiply it by a thousand when you get to this. Here's the line from Crash Craddock that I thought was interesting. McElroy responded by saying he has been served with a writ by Reed's lawyers on Christmas Eve for an unspecified court case and it miffed him. So there's history there. So why would Patrick Reed go over and think that Rory McElroy would (laughs) shake his hand? Like if I'm Rory, I'm 
Mate, rack off. Would you? Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. Like, and yeah. So anyway, and Patrick Reed's not the most popular bloke. In fact, he might be the most unpopular bloke. <laughs> uh, so we'll see that. Um, just before we get into the rugby league chat, we've got to go around the grounds too for rain. But I want to get your thoughts on the Bulldogs mm. and how they're recruiting. Not necessarily just 2023, but beyond. Let's go to the open line. one three hundred. 0-1-11-70. Chris is there, wants to have his say. G'day, Chris. Yeah, guys, just on that call you had before the news about the Russian athletes, mm-hmm. um, if you look at this girl, Rubikina, in the final, now, she's actually a Russian girl. She was born in Moscow. Parents are Russian. She lives in Moscow. She trains in Moscow. But she won Wimbledon last year because she representing Kazakhstan, who funded her when she was 18 or 19 and she avoids all these sort of questions about is she Russian what's her opinion of the war where does she live she said she's a citizen of the world um, and yet she wouldn't have won Wimbledon last year except for the fact that um, Kazakhstan decided to sponsor her and fund her from the age of 19 which was only two years ago and then again, can I ask you guys another question? What are Wimbledon doing this year? I know that we allow Russian and Belarusian athletes. The American US Open did. What are Wimbledon doing this year? Mm, it's, well, I'm not sure. They they received hev- heavy penalties. The organising committee didn't they, Jimmy, for banning Russia? Uh, the the athletes weren't happy with them. Yeah. Um, there were no points up. So that big run into the final that Nick Kyrgios had, he didn't get any points. Yeah. Um, so that obviously had an impact on his ranking. I'm just trying to do a, a search on that, Chris. But just going back to Alina Rybakina, um, so she made that decision to go to Kazakhstan and they or they made the decision to support her. That was four years ago. So it's, I, I, I don't have any problem. Like that's just a – bit of fortune, good fortune that's mm. come your way. She would have no idea that in four years' time, Russian athletes are going to be banned from Wimbledon. She's, she's just made that decision on, on for whatever reason, personal grounds, financial grounds, whatever it happens to be. So she did represent Russia from 2013 to 2018, then went to Kazakhstan for whatever reason. She was born in Moscow. Um, and now, you're right, you're exactly right. She wouldn't have had the opportunity to win Wimbledon, but she yeah. has. But if she'd have done it as they said, no Russian athletes allowed. And you went, oh, well, hang on, no, I'm from Kazakhstan now. That I would have a problem with. I don't have a problem with her mm. doing what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, the timeline is in her favour. But yes. that, you, you'll see that happen. If they start banning Russian athletes, people, athletes will just defect to other countries. So that's exactly right. Yeah. Yelena Dokic, she's the classic example, right? Yep. Um, was representing Australia, then wasn't representing Australia, and then was representing Australia and all over the place. And, and and all different reasons associated with why those decisions were made, but they were made and she mm. was able to do it. Mm. And, and you're exactly right. If, if if the Russian athlete that's been to Nick Boletari's academy for the last five years, they then say, sorry, Russia's not allowed. They go, oh, well, I'm American. Yeah. The other, the other interesting thing about tennis players and – particularly playing in these Grand Slams and stuff, how much are they really representing their country? Like, our taxpayer money isn't funding Nick Kyrgios. He's paying his own way around the world to all these slams, pays for his own team. They do get a little bit of funding, but certainly no way. Like, it's not... It's nominal. Yeah. It's nominal. Yeah, it's nominal. yeah. So for the most part, they're just professional athletes playing their trade. It's, yeah. it's not a super patriotic sport where, you know, as as Australians, most of us will watch the Australian Open. 
but we're not following Kyrgios when he plays, you know, those ATP tour rounds and things like that in other countries. For the most part, they're professional athletes paying their own way. So the country that they're from is not necessarily always who they're representing in a way. That's a very good point. Yeah. The, the, the Republic of Nick Kyrgios, which is sort of, yeah, unless it's Davis Cup or Fed Cup. Nick doesn't play Davis Cup, but you, yeah. you know what I mean? Unless they are well, well, representing when it, when Australia. It, when it suits us, Nick Kyrgios is Australian and we love Great him. Australian. When it doesn't suit us, <laughs> for the other 360 <laughs> days of the year, we disassociate ourselves from him. Yeah, so, if, if he doesn't play for Leighton, Leighton's blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Rack off, Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that? You do want to play in the Davis Cup? Do we love Nick? <laughs> really strong all-round game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, to punish the the Russian athletes, are they really representing Russia that much? That's like, right. I, I just see Victoria Azarenka as Victoria Azarenka. Yeah. I know just I just know her as a tennis player. I probably couldn't have even told you that she was Russian before I saw that she didn't have a flag. Yeah. This week. Yeah. So it, it's it's a really good point. Thank you, Chris, for the call. It's a really good point that you make around that, especially tennis, tennis and golf. Tennis and golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they could not put their flags there, and it wouldn't really matter. Like, I don't think of Rafael, Rafael Nadal as the Spaniard. I just think of him as Rafael Nadal. Well, he's – now, where is he from in Spain? It's from a particular area in Spain that, that like, uh, question mark. Oh, like down the Barcelona part. Oh, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I'll better be careful around this one. It's like Marcus Bagdadis. He's not Greek. He's Cypriot. Yeah, yep, yep. But, uh, and I better be careful. Someone, <laughs> someone, someone of Greek heritage is going to ring up and have a go at me at that one. But anyway, keep those calls coming in. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Wow, your voice is deep today, Jaleesa, says Pedro. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, no KFC tracksuit here today uh, with the great missile. Hey, uh, I want to ask you, mate, talk a bit of rugby league. Um, we did see that stuff with Tom Trebojevic. Mm. Like, well, wait. so the footage that I that you just showed me then, Jimmy, it's it's just basic sprint training. So you know, growing up and spending most of my time in institutes of sports and the likes, I've seen that sort of footage a million times with track athletes. Right. It's that's basic sprint training. Right. The high knee stuff, the the sideways movement, the leg raises, all that. I've seen it a million times. So I just keep racking my brain. What is Bill Knowles doing behind closed mm. doors? that is revolutionary, that's fixing hamstrings, that's worth paying upwards of 30, 40 grand to travel halfway around the world to specifically see him. And why is there nobody in Australia doing that? What What is it? Yeah, I agree. So mm. if you're the physiotherapist from Manly sitting there yes. taking notes, is in the back of your mind going, can't wait to get home and set up my own shop Yeah, and, and do this. I'll be the expert. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have thought that built – so – Reputation is obviously huge for this. Yep. He's clearly had some great results. And, like, from an Australian point of view, I think Nick Naknui was there too uh, from AFL. And I'm not sure how successful that was. But Latrell Mitchell, you'd go, oh, amazing success. Yes. Right. So there's your there's your um, business card for you, right? Historically, when you look at Tom Trebojevic, and he's a very fast player, but he doesn't have a textbook athletics background technique if you compare him to someone like jared hayne who is a track athlete in what way what's different doesn't have that super high knee lift yep and doesn't have the same kind of drive i would have said from his arms he kind of he just has a lower uh, range with his legs i would have said in comparison to a jared hayne who is very upright you could see the drive from the arms high knees 
textbook track athlete, and that's that. That was his background. And then we're looking at that vision there with Tom Trebojevic, and what was noticeable? The over-exaggerated knee lift. Yes. So yes. Whether, whether that's Bill Knowles just looks at it and goes, right, this is how this is how you should be doing it. Mm. Um, and and then the other part of it, which we also spoke about, was what aren't we seeing? Oh yeah. What aren't we? Are you? It's ha- got to be a secret. That it must be. The Bill Nile secret sauce. And just like, I think, can someone tell me where the recipe for Coca-Cola is? I think it's in a bank vault deep in Atlanta or something like that. Yet, And there's like three people on the planet that are allowed to see it at any one time. Like that's what Bill Knowles yes. has got yes. uh, at the moment. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. one 1170 Just on your Bulldog, Stephen Crichton going there next year. Very excited, Jimmy. Okay. Very excited. <laughs> Yeah, but you get excited, you know, the, the drop of a hat. But especially in regards to your bulldogs. But sh- there are so, okay. Are the might this might be a redundant question, but are the bulldogs in your eight for twenty twenty three? Absolutely, absolutely in my eight. I think anything outside the eight would be a disappointing season based on everything that's gone on at the club. Uh, for any bulldogs fans out there, they just released uh, what would you call it? a vlog called the yep. kennel. Yep. And, and it's shown their training camp that they've done out at uh, St. Greg's. Yes. Uh, go out and watch it. You'll be buoyed by the footage. Is that right? Not, Why? Not the culture aspect of it. Right. Uh, and the, the the changes that I've seen around the club are not just the, the, the signings of the players. It's the personnel around that. It's bringing back the ex-players. It's Gus. It's Seraldo. It's everything that's going on around the team. Watch this for all Bulldogs fans, and I guarantee you'll be very excited about this season. And, and you know who's there? The former sprint coach of Tom Trebojevic when he won the Dallium. So there, I can't think of his name, but but he, uh, Travis Tuma, uh, yes. legend at the Roosters, yep. um, head strength and S&C. conditioner. Yeah, yep. yeah. So yep. uh, you're right. You make a uh, a really good point around that. So uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. A break, and then we're back with Hammerlamb. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.